welcome to another episode of the How to Save the World podcast, where we take a deep dive into the academic research and behavioral science of what really gets people to take pro-environmental action and behavior, as well as some tips, hacks, and insights on the real world of social impact and environmental entrepreneuring. I'm your host, Katie Patrick. I'm an environmental engineer and a designer based in Silicon Valley, California, and I'm the author of the book, How to Save the World. If you haven't already, sign up to my website at katiepatrick.com to get more free resources about how you can use gamification and behavior design to get your community to zero emissions and make it fun like a game. In today's episode, I wanted to share with you something that has revolutionized my life for the last six weeks. Oh my God, it has been such an epic change. It has been so fun and so almost transcendental in my approach to my work and my life, I couldn't help but share it. And this is the pursuit of fun. I don't know if you make the effort to make fun a centerpiece of your life. Maybe some people do. I didn't really do it, even though I'm really into gamification and game design, which is inherently fun. I don't really at a personal hour by hour kind of day to day level really think about how I can make my life fun. And I've been totally hooked on this new podcast by a woman called Tiffany Carter. She's not environmental at all. She's all about sales and marketing and entrepreneurship. And she's particularly nuanced about going with your energy, going with your positive energy. There are a lot of people who are all about discipline and the grind, like you have to suffer and you have to get up at 4am and everything has to be hard and disciplined and you'll find yourself on the other side of the struggle. Not saying that's wrong to do, you have to do that sometimes, but if you do anything that requires creativity, that needs to resonate with people, that requires complex problem solving, the discipline grind is not going to get you there. And what she says quite a few times is if it's not fun for you, if your startup or your content or your campaign is not exciting to you, if it's not fun for you, then why the fuck would it be fun for anybody else? If you're not excited about it, why would anybody else be excited by it? And to go out and to come up with ideas for content, for campaigns, for anything you do with this lens of the pursuit of fun. About six weeks ago, I was feeling really flat with whatever it was I was working on. And it was all just feeling very not fun, not inspired, not exciting, not fun. And I was listening to the podcast and I'd also done a weekend workshop on transformations and breakthroughs and this idea of possibility. And this theme was coming up, the possibility of fun. What is the possibility of it all being fun? We tend to look at our projects and what we're doing, that it's difficult and it requires discipline and it's hard and it's all these excruciating steps to get there. But what if you framed everything in the possibility of fun? And you write down ideas for what you want to do as to what is fun for you. So in this moment of feeling very uninspired and very bored, I was like, fuck it, fuck it, fuck it. I am just going to get up today. I'm done with all this ridiculous amount of discipline and torturing myself. I pulled out one of my nice little paper diaries and wrote on the first page a dial, like a fuel dial. And I wrote the words, the fun o diary. What would be the most fun thing for you to do today? And I made a commitment to myself to write down something that would be fun for me every day and then to just take a moment to make some progress in that direction. And holy shit, 
I had no idea how transformative this journal would be. I thought I'll do this for 30 days and test it out. Within five days, I felt like my whole world and my whole psychology had just turned itself inside out. So every day in my fun diary, I would write down the date so I'd remember where my psyche was at at that time. And then just in bullet point, rapid fire, stream of consciousness, this would be fun, this would be fun, this would be fun. It's a magical process because it turns your mind towards inspiration and that good, positive, let's make it happen energy. After I've done my fun diary, I'm just crawling at the walls to do one of these ideas that's just so cool and so interesting. And what I find about this process is that I feel like it puts you more closely in touch with your true, authentic self and your ultimate life's purpose. It's very easy to get our life's purpose confused with all of the things that we should be doing. Should with my little fingers up in the air. The responsibilities of life that we sacrifice ourselves to. Just the idea of doing it the way everybody else is doing it, the way that you think it should be done. I mean, how do you even find your true authentic path and your ultimate calling and that unique fingerprint or what you're meant to do in life when you've got so many responsibilities and so many different messages and people and cultural norms and books and all, all of the shit telling you to be whatever they think that you should be? And I feel like the fun diary cuts through all of that and a theme comes out of it that will tell you what you really should be doing with your life. And as somebody who's very multi-inspired, I think if you're listening to this podcast, you might be one of those creative multi-inspired people too. It gets hard to figure out which direction to go in with your life and with your work because there's just so many amazing things to do. Since I started writing down this list of things that I thought were fun, I have jumped into doing so much stuff that I've been putting off for like 10 years. Some of the stuff I wrote in my fun diary was, I have to start Earth Doctors. This idea I'd been tinkering with for a while, this idea of creating environmental game-ish like activities for kids. And I always thought, well, you can't really do anything with kids because there's no way to make a living with children and children aren't really making decisions. So I would just snip this idea of working with kids out of my consciousness. Like it was this totally unviable idea. And then when I started doing the fun diary, I was like, oh my God, that is so fun fuck it. I'm just going to do stuff for kids now. Like, why not? Why would I hold myself back? And there's probably a meaningful way to get paid for doing environmental work with kids, right? I've been writing down go to dance class in my diary for, I don't know, 10 years. Have I been to a dance class? I mean, I, I don't think so. I finally just Googled adult dance class. I enrolled the next night. I'm there doing an adult ballet class five minutes down the road. So easy. I wanted to make earth cookies. No, earth cookies aren't Silicon Valley's next greatest startup, but I had this intense craving to make beautiful, perfect earth sugar cookies. And I did it. And they were vegan and it was fun. And I got to practice making the earth cookies and I made a little video about it on Instagram if you want the delicious vegan sugar cookie recipe. And I gave them out at a climate meetup and it was just really fun to do. And you know what? I'm going to make more earth cookies. Just giving myself permission to clean the house. No, you don't need to be working all of the time. Take two days off, get everything in order, which I did. I wanted to make a really high quality behavioral science tutorial video with the little figurines. You might've seen it on LinkedIn or on Instagram. I'm wearing a black leather jacket in it and I have these little figurines and I explain the concept of social diffusion and self-efficacy. 
it's really easy to make low quality videos, but to make a higher quality video where you get the lighting just right and the makeup perfect and don't have any crazy like flyaway hairs. Like I really just wanted to get it slick and looking really perfect like it had been done in a studio. And it'd been something I'd been just dying to do for ages. If I had more time, I'd do them every week. They're really fun to do. And I was just like, I'm just going to do it. Just woke up nine o'clock in the morning, got the studio set up. And then I, I put it together. I edited it. And then bam, I've never posted anything on social media as popular as that video. I got thousands of new people contacting me on LinkedIn. It got over 10,000 views. People were sharing and writing really deeply meaningful comments in their sharing about how salient and important this message of social diffusion and self-efficacy is. And it was just so rewarding to put out this really tidy, neat bit of content that I was really proud of. It had the quality that I want to put out in my content. And it was just so resonant and meaning and helpful for people. That was like an A plus in my work as an environmental psychology educator. And if I didn't write this in the fun diary, it would have been something I was just putting off and putting off and putting off. I climbed a tree. Like I wrote down in my diary, like, I just want to, I just want to climb a tree. Like when I was 15, I used to free roam in nature, like in the outer suburbs. I would just find a creek and just spend hours before we had phones, you know, on the internet. I would just roam and roam all Saturday, all Sunday, I would climb trees, I would write poems, I would have this open space to just be in nature without all of the things to do and the responsibilities. I was like, I just climb a tree. There aren't always like climbable trees around, you know, it's like a specific type of tree that you can actually climb on. But the next day I was walking my daughter home from school. She sees one of her friends from school at the front of a house. And then she's like, I didn't know you lived here. This is my house. Come over, come over. So we walk in. They have this big backyard. The girls are playing. I meet the dad for the first time. They have a little cubby house and some trees in the backyard. And what is there but a massive, beautiful oak tree that is the perfect climbable size. And I was just like right up that thing. And then I look out and the, the dad, who I've only just met five minutes before, is like, hmm, there's new mom, like right up the top of our tree in our backyard. And he's like just looking at me and I'm just like, nah, just the Australian mom in the tree. And it just felt amazing. It just felt so good to be in that tree and to just do it. And the next week at one of the Earth Day festivals in Cupertino, I was there with Sunrise Silicon Valley helping out with their table. And my daughter, who's seven, she's just running around all the festival, free roaming as she does. And I couldn't find her anywhere. And I was like, God, I haven't seen her for about an hour. I should probably figure out where she is. Couldn't see her anywhere. Kept walking around, walking around. And then I found a group of children kind of on the edge of the festival. And I look up and who's there? She's there in a tree. No other kids in the tree. All the other kids are on the ground. And she's just up there smiling hanging out. And I was like, that's my girl. This is what it's all about. And I just jumped right into the earth imagination stuff with the kids. I, I emailed my daughter's second grade teacher and I said, I've got this cool environmental imagination workshop. Could I teach it to the kids? And I was actually really nervous because I didn't want to screw it up, embarrass myself in front of the school. And she was like, yeah, come in next week and do it. And she introduced me to the other second grade teacher. And so I had two of them to do. I bought the soft earth toy from Amazon to take to the workshop. I bought this fake tree, this beautiful white birch kind of skeleton of a tree to use for this idea I had called the imagination tree. And I thought it would be so cute if people could write their ideas for how they would imagine their city or their surroundings or the beautiful ecotopia future or their wish for the future and then to attach it to the tree. And then over time, the tree would accumulate all these positive dreams and hopes of everybody around, kind of like a public art installation. And I thought, oh, that'd be so cool. Like maybe I can just 
buy one on I don't have a pre-existing frame of a branch of a tree anywhere I can easily access so I found one on Amazon it has little LED lights in it and then I thought well wouldn't it be cool if the kids could get up like a little like a mini TED talk but like a green TED talk like on a green circle and I was like oh I can get a green circle rug too so I turned up with this little green circle rug and the kids got up and gave their little talk they wrote on the leaf their idea for the ecotopia future we put it on the tree it was so beautiful and it was so cute they did their amazing drawings. They had such a great time. And a lot of them came up to me afterwards and said, oh, I had a great time in the Ecotopia workshop. And just writing it down in the fun diary just took away all of the resistance of just never, ever getting around to it. I just kind of couldn't not do it. After you've written it down day after day after day, and it's like five days, and you're like, I'm still writing this thing down. I think it's time for me to take some action on it. And I reset up my room and my little podcast area with new equipment you may notice that the podcast has a superior sound now because we are on the Shure SM7B. That is what's largely known as the best microphone in the game. And I got a little table and a beautiful new forest backdrop because I thought, yeah, what would be fun? Get a really cute, tidy, amazing looking professional little video and podcast setup. And there's just so many more. I've just got every day, I take a moment and I write down five, 10, 20 things that are, would be fun for me. The ones I just mentioned were things that I could easily do in a short amount of time. I've got a whole bunch there that are going to be larger projects, but it just becomes so clear when you're writing the same thing over and over every day about what would be fun for you. It starts to create a pattern of like, this is what I'm meant to do in life. And it lifts your energy up in such a positive way. Things being fun are such a driving force of innovation. A lot of innovation happens through necessity. You know, we really need to solve a problem. There's a huge kind of obsessive motivation that is also making it fun. That it's just fun to build things and to problem solve and to create and to get to know people and to build relationships and build machines and artworks and all of the stuff. Isn't environmental sustainability fun? Isn't it fun to think about how to put solar panels on something or how to figure out how to build a permaculture garden or when you get to meet somebody else who's just as much a deep sustainability nerd as you are and you get going about all of the different concepts and technologies and ideas? Isn't it fun to be able to share your passions with the world? I'm so passionate about the fun diary now. I'm thinking of hosting like a 30-day fun diary challenge, like with a group of us, we could all get together, do our fun diaries, share it on Zoom, something like that. If that sounds like that would be fun for you, or you'd like to be involved, send me a DM on LinkedIn or Instagram. Maybe I'll do it. I'm just putting it out there as something that would be really fun to do as a group, but don't wait for me to do it. Start today. Go and get a little diary. Don't use it for anything else. Just use it for the fun diary. Make sure it's clean, new, and just write down that magical statement. What would be the most fun thing for me to do today? And just let your heart and mind wander. And if you take on this challenge, do it for 30 days. And I'm excited to hear about what will happen to you when you start doing it. Send me a photo. Send me a screen grab. Writing it by hand, way better than typing it on the phone. I'd love to hear if you got the same amount of energy that I got out of it. And honestly, if 30 days sounds like it's too long, just do it for five days. The biggest transformation I got out of doing this was in the first five days. It just completely reconfigured my outlook on all my work and all my life. Pop it open, do it in your lunch break, do it just after you've dropped off the kids at school. Take a few moments and write out the answer to that magical question, what is fun for me? 
Thank you for listening to another episode of the How to Save the World podcast. If you love this podcast, please jump onto Apple Podcasts where you can leave up to a five-star review and feel free to write some words about how amazing you think it is. Help me get this podcast out to more people through Apple Podcasts or you can also click the follow button on Spotify. If you want to take a deeper dive into the measurement-driven behavior and gamification design I do, I would encourage you to sign up for my Gamify the Planet Mastermind group. It's $25 a month. Join on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash Katie Patrick where you can get all of my signature courses and training, in particular Behavior Mapping Bootcamp, and another one that's called the Seven Essential Features of Action Design. There's multiple courses in there, but these are the two that I really want you to do and to really master the steps that are in there. And of course, this podcast is supported by the generosity of the people who donate to the podcast through the Patreon. Here's a challenge for you before we go. Take a screen grab of this episode and write on it one thing that would be fun for you. I want to know what it is. I want to hear about it. Share it on your stories and tag me and I will reshare it and then go and do something in your world, in your life to try to make that thing happen. Thank you again for listening and for your interest in environmental psychology and behavior design. I'll see you next week.